As you might expect with any new pastor, when I first came to Assumption, I had a lot of nervous energy, especially before the Sunday Masses, something that was not at all helped by our parish tradition of having all the ministers gather with the priest ahead of time. I am, after all, an introvert. So I quickly learned, after praying with the ministers, to stand at the back of the processional group, dodge the continuous greetings, and take refuge in contemplation, usually gazing at some holy image to prepare myself, asking for the strength and the grace to say that Mass worthily and well. My first few weeks, I typically looked at the crucifix in the gathering space, as Jesus on the cross is the perfect summary image of the sacrificial action of the Mass. But it wasn't long before I started more and more gazing at the two giant and splendid images of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which have capped the two axes of our church for almost a century now. I fell into the habit of beginning each Mass by asking her intercession for myself and the people of this parish, both because she is the Queen of all Saints and also because she is the chosen patroness of this community. It is a practice that I fell out of during the coronavirus, but one I would like to build up again, hopefully for the duration of my pastorate. It is also a practice that I would encourage for any Assumption parishioner. One cannot enter our church without seeing a massive image of the Assumption of Mary, and it seems particularly appropriate that parishioners of Assumption Parish should develop a devotion to this incredible event in the life of the Mother of Jesus. Now, as Catholics, we look to the saints for two main reasons, their intercessions and their examples. And it is the intercession and the example of Mary assumed into heaven that I would like to explore with you today. First, her intercession. Why do we say that Mary intercedes for us? Why is this such a big deal? To understand this, we have to start by understanding that Jesus is the one true and perfect intercessor between God and mankind. Because the divine and the human are united in the one person of Jesus, he is able to bring the concerns of humanity to his Father in a perfect way, and he is able to distribute his Father's graces perfectly back to humanity. It is not for nothing that both the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed declare that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Because Jesus' intercession for humanity is a big deal, and has been for the entire history of Christianity. However, we also know that Jesus invites all of his followers to share in every aspect of his life. He calls Christian disciples to unite themselves to his poverty, to his self-sacrifice, to his suffering, to his ministry to the poor and the downtrodden, to his death, and to his resurrection. So, of course, he also calls his followers to unite themselves to his role as intercessor between God and humanity. Every Christian, by virtue of their baptism, is called to unite themselves to the priesthood of Jesus Christ and to intercede to God the Father on behalf of fallen humanity. Jesus chooses to share his ministry of intercession with his body, the Church. And, of course, the more a person unites him or herself to Jesus, 
the greater share they have in these aspects of his life. No one self-sacrifices more than the saints. No one suffers more than the saints. And no one intercedes for humanity to a greater extent than the saints. These heroic men and women are our great intercessors because of their closeness to the Lord, that same Lord who is the perfect intercessor between God and humanity. So it should come as no surprise to us that Mary is considered the greatest intercessor of all after Jesus himself, because Mary is the saint who has united herself most perfectly to the Lord Jesus. In fact, everything about Mary's life ends up being a perfect analogy to the life of her son, simply reflected in the purely human and the feminine. Just as the creeds declare that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, so our responsorial psalm today is used to declare that she, Mary, stands at the right hand of the King, Jesus. Whatever Jesus does, Mary imitates perfectly. This also helps us understand the example given to us by Mary as she is assumed into heaven. If everything about the life of Mary is a perfect reflection of the life and ministry of her son, what does her assumption reflect back for us? Well, one window in our church pairs the assumption with the ascension of Jesus into heaven. And this is certainly a fair comparison. However, I find that the assumption is more powerfully paired with the resurrection. Why? In the resurrection of Jesus, the Lord displays his mastery over sin and death and comes forth from the tomb with the perfect human nature he will possess for all eternity. When this great event is mirrored in his mother at her assumption, we see Mary also perfected in body, finally displaying outwardly her immaculate soul communicating her freedom from the corruption of this fallen world, including her freedom from the corruption of death. When we look upon the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, we should see in her the same resurrection that was promised to each of us on the day of our baptism. Mary is the first to be resurrected after her son, but she will not be the last. And she calls all of us to join her in her imitation of him. There is a reason that the Church chose the second reading that we have here today. In it, St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Do you see how this analogy applies to Mary? Christ is the new Adam, who brings life rather than death. And Mary, who perfectly reflects the life of her son, is the new Eve. Christ, the new Adam, is the first one to conquer death and live eternally resurrected. Mary is the second, who was spared death, just as she was spared the effects of original sin. Mary is the first to experience resurrection after Christ himself, paving the way for all of us to follow them in our own time. We have here in our church building three images of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And as with all Christian images, they exist to draw us into prayer. 
What should we pray for when we look upon these images? First, we should pray to experience the freedom from death and the glory of resurrection which Christ offers to all of his followers and which is displayed preeminently in the life of his mother through her assumption into heaven. When we see her resurrected, we should pray to share in that same resurrection. And second, I would say we should pray for our needs and ourselves. There is no one who participates more in the intercessory mission of Jesus than his mother. And as the patroness of this parish, we should never be afraid to go to her and plead for her intercession. Mary has a special care for all of her son's followers. But I like to think that this care might be even greater for those of us who worship in this church dedicated to the great triumph of her assumption. Blessed Mary, assumed into heaven, pray for us.